From the Buena Vista Theater on board the beautiful Disney Wonder, you're listening to a very special edition of the Diz Unplugged. Unplug Roundtable Discussion for May 13th, 2009. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined by my good friends, Miss Kathy Whirling, <laughs> Teresa Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Walter Eccles, <laughs> Kevin Close, and John Magi. <laughs> It is. Uh, it's great to be here, guys. Doing it like this. This is. Uh, this has been a great, great cruise. I, I can tell you, we have had. We we have just had the best time uh, doing this. This is beyond our wildest expectations as we planned this, how we thought it was going to go. You guys have been great. This has just been. This has just been so much fun. We have some. Uh, we have some. Some people we'd really like to say uh, thank you to. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to say thank you to both Rodrigo and David from Disney Cruise Line Groups, who were magnificent in helping us plan this. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, I don't know if they're if they're here, but Carrie Casulo and Mark Mathias from the Disney Institute. That magnificent presentation they put on for us. I uh, can't thank them enough. We also have to say a very special thank you to Shirley at The Perfect Gift for putting together those beautiful baskets that were in everybody's room. I also want to uh, recognize uh, the team of Muddy Buddies who uh, did such, uh, raised such great money. And I'm going to ask them to stand up. Dave Parfit. Dave, where are you? Aaron Del Prince. Where's Aaron? There he is. Paul Lunny. Paul, where are you? There he is. Don Puck. Where are you, Don? There we go. Todd Carrier. And Chris Walders. $4,000 for Give Kids the World, folks. Great job. Great job. Um, also, uh, we have to say, again, an incredibly special thank you to Tracy Whipple. She did such a magnificent job with, us, with this, and she is still sane. I don't know how she managed to do that. Um, There's a crack of- here or there. <laughs> of course, we also have to say a, a very special thank you to Lee Cockrell for joining us on this cruise. How cool is that? How cool is that? That we have Lee Cockrell on our cruise. I could not ask. I could not ask for anything better than that. And, of course, the great crew here on the Disney Wonder. They have just been magnificent. And we have a couple of congratulations we want to make sure we get out there. Uh, Mike and Christy got engaged. Where are they? 
Where are they? There they are. Congratulations. And Michael and Carol Boeing are the proud grandparents of a granddaughter who was delivered the other day. And it's been really, it's been really tough for them. Their son is in the Navy stationed in Guam. So he's like a half a world away, yet they are just walking on air. Oh, she's getting so. clipped. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, okay, we have a couple of things in housekeeping, although I just closed that window. I do this all the time. Uh, a couple of things in housekeeping. Um, do you have anything you want to go with first? You did all my stuff. <laughs> I have really? nothing to say, yeah. I was going to do. You're going to be quiet for the whole show? I am. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else believe that? Hey! <laughs> I'm going to take it away. I'm going to take it away. I don't, I don't like that you get an immediate reaction. <laughs> um, a couple of things in housekeeping. Uh, we, we've uh, told you that we have some things we're planning. For the next uh, 18 months, of course, we announced on the last show that we'll be doing the next podcast cruise December 12th, correct? December 12th, 2010. I uh, want to remind everybody, if you're planning, uh, if you even think you might want to join us, rebook on board. Um, it is going to be the best price you're going to get. You've got to do it before you leave the ship. Uh, I know some people are thinking about it or, or planning to do it and haven't done it yet. I would really highly recommend you get that done today. Um, we are also going to be doing something special. John and Kevin and Walter and I are going to be hosting an Adventures by Disney trip to California on April 13th. Um, it's the Backstage Magic Tour. I'm glad all three of you are happy about that. This is, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, this is a really great tour that Adventures by Disney has set up in terms of you go backstage at Jimmy Kimmel Live, you get to go behind the scenes at Disneyland, all this cool stuff. The Jim Henson uh, uh, Muppet Studios, uh, you get it to go uh, have lunch in Disney, uh, Walt Disney Imagineering. It's a really cool trip. It's also going to be taking place over Walter's 50th birthday. So the pressure is on me to come up with something really, really cool to do during the that second week. anniversary of my 25th birthday, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is also exclusive to us. There won't be anybody else except Dizzers on. Yeah, it's just going to be a Dizzers tri- trip. Uh, trip. It's not going to be. It's not going to be anyone else. We don't like new people. No normal. <laughs> um, now that's a trip. I'm going to do the single ladies dance on. <laughs> We have it on video. We have it on audio. I've got witnesses. He says he's going to do the single ladies dance. Not this cruise. The next trip. Oh. Huh. That's what I just said. Well, we have the music cued. Do you? That's great. We could have Tommy come down and do the thriller dance. <laughs> oh yeah, I understand. Tommy did quite a uh, quite a dance last night in the. Uh... It was awesome. He did a great job. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, go on. <clears throat> now, something else that the Disney Institute has set up for us, uh, not just for us, but um, I like to think everything they do is for me. Um, but uh, they... is it the second time his microphone has fallen? <laughs> It's fallen and I can't get up. 
I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a, I'm I'm taking to line a drink of water. <laughs> um, something else the Disney Institute has set up that I thought was, uh, I'm very, very excited about. Uh, we're still getting some of the details in this. I was really hoping we'd have the details for the cruise. Um, it's going to take place during the week of June 15th out in Disneyland. I will have details by the end of this week. Um, for the first time in 54 years, the Disney Institute has uh, managed to arrange a real backstage tour at Disneyland. It's never been done before. They've never let guests really behind the scenes. They do the backstage magic. The Disney Institute does the backstage magic tours in uh, Walt Disney World. Um, they're now going to be doing them out in Disneyland. However, they're not going to be open to the general public. It's not going to be like Disney World where you just call up uh, and say, I want to book this tour. It's going to have to be a sponsored tour um, as part of a group. So we're in the process of setting up several of these groups to run through the rest of the year. The first one is going to be in June. We will be the first non-Disney group to take this tour. So if you are going... yeah. If you, if, you, if you think you're going to be out in California the week of the 15th, um, then by... <laughs> listen to you. Uh, then by all means, by all means, uh, please uh, make plans to be available for this. This is going to be really cool. I can't wait uh, to get a chance to actually go backstage. I, I couldn't believe they'd never done it before. But uh, when the Disney Institute approached us with it, they said, no, first time in 54 years. So I'm real, real excited about that. So, does anybody else have anything for housekeeping? I actually have a tease. Oh, again? I do. Well, you see, but he does this, and he doesn't tell me what he's going to talk about. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the Disney Institute, they are working on a very special tour for the holidays. And we're going to arrange for a group to participate in that in conjunction with whatever we do in December, our Dizapalooza. So we'll have more information on that. Are we really calling it that? That's what I'm calling it. (laughs) That's what they're calling it. (laughs) I can't give details. I can't give any more information. They're still working out the specifics of it. But in speaking to Mark about it, it sounds fantastic. It's, um, let's just say it's centered around holiday decorations. So I'm very excited about that. Should be very cool. Anybody else? Any housekeeping? I'm, so, I'm not used to having to like, crane my neck to yeah. look at you guys. Hi, over there. <laughs> you want to hey, Julie. Teresa. <laughs> we were supposed to sit next to each other, and then they separated us. John separated us. <laughs> what happened? John's fault. John said, no, you cannot sit Julie's next to each whining. other. Julie's still whining. Still. Yeah, I mean, normally, normally when we do this, we literally are at a round table. Um, and so we're able to like, kind of see each other while we're recording and we kind of play off. Yeah, this Share is like food. a straight table. Almost Where's our food at? Table. We always have snacks. It's like a bird. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they all rolled over. One no touching. <laughs> Hands to yourself, Kevin. Speak <laughs> <laughs> <big> for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, so, and, and, and obviously, you know, we don't have our equipment like the prize Matron and, you know, the rest of my toys. Sorry. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to give something away today. Um, as a matter of fact, we're going to give away a slot on the next podcast cruise. 
We selected a row and seat number <laughs> before uh, we let you guys in. Why is there not be anybody so sitting move. in that seat? <laughs> <laughs> it's already been decided. John, would you do the honors? I'm taking a mental picture of where you all are now. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down up there. <laughs> it is row D. Which is what row? Seat 17. Gibson. 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 Congratulations. Congratulations, Gibson. <laughs> I figured if the person you get to go to, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> and Congratulations, I, I, Gibson. I, we should also mention that Gibson is going to become the newest moderator on our team board. Wow. We're very, very happy. Very happy to have you with us. Congratulations, Gibson. And don't worry. We're holding a spot be... as a Dreams Unlimited travel agent. For exactly. <laughs> Get your working papers. That's really part of the overall plan. We're just trying to work into being an agent. Uh, we are going to be giving throughout the year, obviously. We'll be giving away more podcast cruises like we did uh, for this one. So don't worry. Everybody's going to have a chance to, to win. You're going to have to like answer more questions about what Walter eats or <laughs> how many scars or whatever. How many scars he has and where they are. <laughs> Literally walking around on deck, lifting his shirt up. See my scars? See my scars? <laughs> you want to see my scars? <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we got that out of the way. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about our, our cruise. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys I think? I have a good story. Okay. So, like, the second day, Monday... Um, Ferris had a really nasty diaper. I mean, it stunk up the whole cabin. It was bad. Did anybody approve this story? Who's <laughs> <laughs> making it That's our first well, poop no, it's, it's a good story. It's a good story that turns into a tip. So, anyway, so we had to tie up the trash bag, you know, and we had to do this several times. Well, apparently, Alex, our stateroom attendant, noticed this, and he put a diaper genie in our room. <laughs> <laughs> so ask for a diaper genie if you have a child that wears what diapers. Is, what is a diaper genie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know either. What is it? He comes out of a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this never happened. I wish this never happened. <laughs> a diaper genie is a way to dispose of a dirty diaper. It's a little plastic machine about, I don't know, a foot and a half, two feet tall. And it has like a plastic liner in it and a cap. So you stick the diaper in. And this is an old one, so it's the one that you twist. Oh. This is why but I like being gay. The twister is broken. <laughs> so basically, you're just sticking it in there and closing the lid. Huh? We have the new one that works better oh. the Elite. <laughs> you don't have to turn it. It actually has like this weird lever mechanism inside of it. So you just have to shove it down in there and then it, it pops back it off up. the side of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, all right, so. Favorite moments on the cruise so far? Corey. Walking around the ship and recognizing people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Miss Julie, we know it's the diaper genie. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. But it has to do with Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> we took him to the little baby pool in the fountains, and he played in one of the fountains. That was fun. Yeah. 
My fa- I, I, out of many favorite stories, Aaron, where's Aaron? Aaron's daughter, Anna, we were standing by the drink station, and Aaron said, Anna, tell Kevin your story. And she turned around and she said, I got to play a full game of ping pong with Stitch. <laughs> and I think that's just the coolest thing. I'm enjoying my stateroom. <laughs> you stole mine. And then I, I have to say one thing, though. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's a beautiful stateroom. Everything's really nice. They've glued down all the tchotchkes so Kevin can't steal them. I think they did that because we were coming. They probably did. However, our stateroom, we have a picture, and it's sort of the disembodied head of Walt Disney. (laughs) I've been throwing a shroud over it every night. (laughs) It's the scariest freaking thing. You saw it, right? It's like the floating head. You walk in and the eyes follow you. <laughs> it is very haunted, man. <laughs> we have the same picture of Roy. It's oh, you yeah. have a picture of Roy. We have Roy, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you are just so too twisted for words. <laughs> How about you, Walter? What was, what's your favorite moment, Pim? I think talking to the first-time cruisers, I was really happy that they're all enjoying themselves as much as they did. A lot of people are saying, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, mm-hmm. and I was really enjoying talking to the first-timers. We so. talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the other first-timers, I'm sorry. <laughs> Teresa had more questions about this cruise than any oh client God. has <laughs> ever had. It's nuts. The first day was funny. We were walking down the oh, hallway with you. her, and she couldn't look out the window. She's like, I have to look at the wall. I have to look at the wall. <laughs> We were moving. Did y'all know that? <laughs> I know. Funny thing yes. a ship does. Yeah. No one saw that coming. That's reason. <laughs> How do you think the boat got from one place to another? <laughs> it's like Peter Pan. It flies. <laughs> How about you, Kathy? I think just the chance to meet the people and put the faces to the names yeah. that we've all met online. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I have something nice to say. Blah, blah. <laughs> and it's been really cool because now my daughter sees that other people know me and want to talk to me. <laughs> that they're not imaginary. <laughs> Teresa. I like all the fish extenders walking around seeing what y'all did. Yeah. Bizarre. That was great. <laughs> and thank you, by the way. Yes. yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And at the risk of sounding like a mama's boy, I have to say, having my mother and I don't get a chance to vacation very often, so having these four days with mom has been wonderful. So, and she she is loving she is loving that stateroom as much as I am. We walked into it, we're like, oh, we're not leaving this. Especially when they told me we could have Palo delivered into our stateroom. I'm like, oh. I love you people, but <laughs> rubbing it in. I've got to feed the baby. <laughs> I was really happy with how um, how the party on Castaway Key went yesterday. Oh, I love that. Excellent. I was really happy with that. It was just very overwhelming seeing that many people. You know, sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. That was actually the first time it hit me. 
I've talked to a whole bunch of people individually or yeah. in small groups, but that all of us were there. That was it was weird to see that many people in one place. In one place, yeah. exactly, exactly. It was just very overwhelming because I mean it's you know like I, I've said it on the show a million times. I mean, we sit in that room and we talk to each other, and we know people are listening. You know, to the show, obviously. But I didn't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're surprised the ship moved. <laughs> Poor Teresa. Oh, making fun of her She's in front of her clan. children. You're making me cry. By the way, they're taking notes. <laughs> um, it's just you know, like when we record the show, it's like we're kind of like our own in our own little world, and it's just us, and it's just us talking. So it's uh, it is really a shock when we, saw, you know, for me anyway, seeing all those people. You know, especially from my perspective, because you know we started when we started the site twelve years, almost twelve years ago now. Um, it was. Uh, it was never. It was never supposed to be this, you know. It was never. It, that was never the intention. It was never part of any kind of grand plan. It just kind of happened, and you know. So then you step back. Every, you get these moments, and for me, being on Castaway Key was definitely. <laughs> See, you're making me forklempt over here. <laughs> Normally that was definitely one, one of those cries. moments to realize, you know, Normally something. Normally, I'm the one that cries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. It's usually yeah. Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that was one of those moments for me, realizing, you know, wow, you know, look at all these people. It's just it's mind-blowing. It's just really mind-blowing. And it has been so great to get to meet so many of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And yes. it's, we keep saying to each other privately, you know, we can't get over what a great group of people we have here. Honest to God, I'm not just kissing up. We really feel that way. Um, what a tremendous group of people we have uh, listening to the show, uh, the kind of support that, that we get, the kind of support we see you guys giving one another, especially on the boards, uh, the kind of friendships that have formed. Um, just, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's just really, really awesome. And, you know, I've got to remember this on those days when we're having bad days on the boards, um, i got to remember this, and that this is what it's about. And that, you know, makes it all, all worthwhile. So, um, What else? What else about the cruise? This is about the part of the show where your neighbor starts mowing the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was waiting to happen. Corey, take your shirt off and walk back and forth. Make a noise. Does anyone have a weed whacker? <laughs> How about the food? Food's been great. Yeah, yeah. food's been incredible. <laughs> what? That's all anybody has to say? No, I had Rim corned service. beef hash this morning. It was so good. Oh, it was. Oh my god. Yes, gosh. it was. It was for those of you who eat corned beef hash. Dana Parfit is applauding for corned beef hash. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Very good. Very good. We've been to Palos. They're talking about hash. What's, what's that? <laughs> I just, did really enjoy just, the brunch, though. Just and humor the poor people. <laughs> well, you did? You I, didn't? We, made, no, we did. Yeah. Oh, we okay. made some new friends, and um, we had mimosas. Our new friends are up there. Hi! <laughs> hey, wait. Those are my friends. <laughs> hey, wait. Those no, are no, my friends. We... 
Well, I wanted a mimo- another mimosa, but I wanted them to hold the orange juice. So she has a new drink. Oh, so okay. I have a new drink. And they said, oh, we're going to call it the Julie. I want a mimosa, but hold the orange juice. And so the, I told that to the server, and he's like, so you want champagne? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you were supposed to follow along. <laughs> Your new friends are dangerous. I, I know, they aren't are. they? They're cool. And funny. <laughs> Am I embarrassing you guys? No. Put a spotlight on them. They're shameless. <laughs> what about you, usually Kevin? when Julie and I talk about TV while we're waiting. For yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't you take a smoke break, Pete? Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. We have to take a break at an hour. Yeah. Because the guys up that are filming this and the sound guys, it only lasts an hour. So they have to change tapes and discs and stuff. You know, we, we've met a lot of you people for the first time, but some people we've had, you know, at the Mega Mouse meet and some of the other things that we've had. So every time I see someone that I've seen before, like Yvette and Emile and certain other people, the loonies. <laughs> I know it's Lonnie, right? <laughs> I kind of feel Excuse like... Excuse me. I've... First Sergeant. I got your back. I got your back. You think we don't pay attention, right? Okay, can I finish what I was saying? Okay, thanks. All right, go. Anyway, so, but I feel like even though it's been months between sightings, so to speak, I, I feel like I know you guys really well. Like, I'm seeing old friends sightings. and things like that, yeah. you know? Like was I not supposed to say sightings? <laughs> it's very big game hunting. It is. It's like aliens. Someone walked in who we thanked earlier who wasn't here for the opening. <clears throat> Carrie Casulo, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank her. The late Carrie Casulo. Now, I, you know, you folks don't, uh, I'm going to embarrass her now. Um, you folks don't realize the integral role Carrie has played over the years in the development of everything that we do. Um, when I first came up with the concept for Dreams Unlimited Travel, uh, Carrie was assigned as our, as our rep. Nobody was doing what I wanted to do in terms of Dreams Unlimited and the kind of business model that we had put together. Disney was not really used to working with a company like ours. And to get a company like Disney to you know, change course and pay attention is no easy task. Carrie really made all of that happen. And if it wasn't for... Her early work with us, I don't believe a lot of what we're doing right now, including this, would ever have taken place. Um, so I don't think you guys realize how much a debt of gratitude we owe to Carrie for her hard work over the years. She has been a great friend to me personally, uh, to the site, to the business, and I can't thank you enough. You are just my doll. <laughs> And let me tell you, she has taken some stuff from me. (laughs) She has the bruises. She has the bruises. She's earned her stripes. She's earned her stripes. Speaking of someone who has bruises, Donald Lefevre. Our Dreams Unlimited Travel partner is up in the back. Donald Lefevre back there. I think Donna has it kind of tough because we're... Pete and I are together yeah. in Florida, and Donna's sort of adrift up in New Jersey. So she feels a little disconnected at times. So we New want Jersey to know. moves? And all of the- <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> you have to look the other way. 
all of the mail that you get, everything you get that's been mailed to you goes through Donna. All the phone calls that go into Dreams go through Donna. All that stuff, the payments, everything goes through her office. That's her team who handles that. And not a day goes by that she doesn't remind me. (laughs) (laughs) And Donna has an assistant. His name is Joe. (laughs) That's Donna's husband. Okay, I'll talk. Did y'all notice how skinny Max is sitting next to Paul? (laughs) Everyone's skinny sitting next to Paul. It's like the number 10. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I don't know why that's funny. We need to keep her on track. Do you really? (laughs) Does that mean we're like the number 88? (laughs) Or the infinity sign. (laughs) Again, I don't know why that's funny. (laughs) <laughs> All right, you were the ones who said we should do this free for. What do we talk about now? Well, Kathy has to tell us what she likes about it. Well, we've spent, my daughter and I have spent a lot of time looking for Christian, the cruise director. Um, when she heard on the Diz, or I told her, I had read on the Diz that he was transferring over from the magic, that like made her day. So Are you still trying to sell her for a dowry? <laughs> <laughs> so we did spot him last night and she did have an up close and personal and we did see him on the walkway over to Castaway Key yesterday so she's just thrilled but we still need more sightings so if anybody sees him let us know so we can run over and get his picture. There is nothing creepy about this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no she she admitted to Christian last night that she was his official stalker. Oh great. (laughs) Great. It's good to have a title. (laughs) But they said if you admit it then you're not really a stalker so she's not. Uh, <laughs> even Jeffrey Dahmer said. <laughs> oh, 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 they, how quickly they turn. Edit that out. <laughs> They're booing you. They are. We don't have a boo sign, do we? Any response is good. <laughs> Any attention is good. Attention. Any attention is good. <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> Where's those crickets? Yeah, really, that's what, now I need my cricket sound. Um, you want to talk a little bit about Bob before we go on? Yeah. You it. Um, one of the reasons why Kevin and I do have the Category 1 stateroom to ourselves is because Bob and Diana were going to join us on this cruise. We planned this many, many months ago, obviously. So it's a little bittersweet for us. Uh, when we booked the Category 1, we told Bob, don't be gross. Don't, <laughs> don't be walking oh, you, have, you people have no No idea. snoring. <laughs> Everything Bob owned has duct tape residue on it. <laughs> and the boot, he used to spray Febreze on it. <laughs> so we had, and it didn't work. We had many conversations about it, and we said the other day we would take that all back if Bob were here on this cruise. Oh, yeah. yep. He would have loved this Immensely. You know he's haunting you with that Walt bust. Yeah, that's what he He does look a little bit like Roy, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, no, it's been tough because, you know, it's, I know he would be, he would have been out of his mind. He would have been we out would have had to pull him off the ceiling tiles. Yeah. <laughs> and he would have been all over this ship. In his cart. In his cart. And uh, yeah, it's it is it is a bit bittersweet for us. Not. Uh... Bob was always super fun to vacation with. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Bob? <laughs> Bob was great to vacation with in, in doses. <laughs> now, I loved having him in California because he, would, he loved to drive in California. He was like, when we did the, um, uh, the video trivia challenge, We've, how did how many miles did we we say we logged? We logged. It was like it, it was something like two thousand miles in ten days that we we ended up logging and driving all over California to do this. He drove it all. Never complained once. Loved it. Loved 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 to drive. And knew of all these places that we had to go. And one of them was an electronics store, okay? I'm the only woman Best store with five ever. guys. And I'm like, really? I'm going to be over here in the magazines. What was it, what was it called? Um, fries. Fries. Yeah. Oh, fries. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Why don't we have one of these on the East Coast? Where is this? I'm going to move to, move to California just to be able to shop there. The other thing is Bob liked to get up early on vacation and thought you all should get up early too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. So we would we would oh. say to Bob, don't come near the door. Don't knock. Don't call. Don't do any of that. So when John and I would finally get up and come out, Bob and Diana had already eaten breakfast. And Bob would say, well, we'll go again. <laughs> he always made sure I ate. Did you have something to eat, Julie? Do you need me to get you something? I'll get you something. <laughs> always with the food, yeah. He knew every place to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Yay for food. Dana, you have a friend over here who claps for food too. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. It was when we first when we first started planning this. He was, you know, he already was like Bob made lists. He had a list for everything. When he died, we went through one of his tote bags that he always carried with him because when he would come in to do the show, he would have ten thousand like, papers. All these piles of papers and folders and, and his... every one of them had a little yellow flag on it. And I said to him one day, you know that negates the use of the flags. <laughs> <laughs> if every one of them is important, you don't need the flags. <laughs> and within, within a few days of announcing that we were doing the cruise, he was already starting to plan like all the events. Had it been left up to him, you people would not have had five free minutes on this ship. <laughs> you would have been going from one event to another event to another event. And Bob wanted to enforce it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely bittersweet for us, though, not having him, not having him here. But it, we know he's here in spirit, so. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> in your stateroom. Yeah. <laughs> In the diaper genie. In the, di- in the diaper genie. That's the smell. It's coming from inside the room. Well, I think one boot. of Corey's first trips to Disneyland, didn't you have to share a room with Bob? I did all through Disneyland. And room. I never, ever made him do that again. <laughs> that, was, that was when that policy was born. You got your own room. Because Bob snored. I mean, like, there were times, I'm not kidding, there were times when we were on the ship and he had his own stateroom, and the people in the staterooms next to him complained because that's how loud he was. He would rattle the walls. Well, what could guest services possibly do about somebody snoring? Stop snoring? His duct tape came in handy, though. (laughs) (laughs) And he reveled in that. He really enjoyed the fact that he snored. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't try and stop I 
thought you, something, you were leaning into your mic. I thought no, you I was looking at Julie. You're all doing a good job. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Thanks for your reaction. <laughs> so far, I approve. <laughs> now, one question that I've been getting a lot is if this is overwhelming for us. This whole, no, this whole not thing. At all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, uh, I don't think this is as overwhelming as the whole Mouse Fest thing. Yeah. The Mouse, yeah, Mouse Fest, Fest thing was, was, was a tough, yeah. was a crowd of people at once, and this is kind of spread out. The party was not as intense. It was that early morning rush yeah. when eight hundred people came at us. You yeah. also have to, yeah. Well, I mean, also you have to keep in mind that we, um, you know, we all work from home, so it's not like we're not used. We're like shut ins. We're not used to being around people. <laughs> yeah, not used okay, to speak people. for yourself. I'm not a shut in. No. <laughs> the rest of us <laughs> recluses. Yeah, you know, just we work from home, so it's not like it's not like a normal work environment where you get to you know go out and go to work socialize. and see people, people and socialize. So you all have been in chat. John and I email from ten feet away. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Get me snacks. <laughs> <laughs> It's I also you. want to say I appreciate the fact that I know that many of you, almost all of you, have paid a lot of money to come on this cruise. Yeah. And that really speaks volumes, that you're willing to come out of your way and spend the money to be with us. I think, I don't want to say that's overwhelming, but I think that's the part that's touched me the most. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if we're throwing a party and you guys are all just showing up, but to, to pony up big bucks to be on a cruise impresses me. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very thank much. You. Yvette and I were having a conversation last night. Who's come from the farthest away? Yvette thinks she's got this covered. Who's come from the farthest to travel? Can anybody beat the Netherlands? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, do you know what she you told me in? yesterday? I'm really very shy. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we all take a vote on that? <laughs> you ought to be with her in karaoke. Yeah. She's a stormtrooper. She's the one rounding everybody up. Karaoke night. I'm singing. <laughs> I think 60 people showed up to karaoke because of this young lady right here. I stayed up past my bedtime last night because I promised I would be there. We all knew we had to be here at 7 a.m. this morning, and we all stayed out till, till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. So because of her. So Yvette sang and Tommy danced? Yes. Is that the way it Now, yeah. I, I, understand, I understand that Kevin did ABBA karaoke last night. Yeah. Was this recorded by any chance? Yes. <laughs> yep. He has... <laughs> John has harp music. Kevin is going to have ABBA. <laughs> the funny thing is that Yvette and I shared a microphone. Now, when I stand next to Yvette, she comes to my belt. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I didn't say nothing. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure you're going to hear any of me. At one point, she climbed up higher on the stage and like kind of got on my back. <laughs> oh my. Uh, now, you also need to know, I did this sober. Yeah, 
they trying to get me to sing and start chanting my name. I'm like, you can chant all you want. She moved to the other side of the theater, though. <laughs> so we didn't know where they were. She, okay, we're going home. Can I, can I, can I, can I? And somebody, I think it was Tommy, came over and said, they're sitting on the other side. <laughs> You're really good at hide and seek, I bet. <laughs> I was. Oh, we should play on the ship. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> it would. You go hide. <laughs> and we'll be right there. And we'll count to ten. By Thursday noon, if we haven't found you, you come out. <laughs> so, John, what are we doing on the next cruise? I'll be in my stateroom. <laughs> I think we should have a Palo brunch. Oh. You are a troublemaker. He is such a troublemaker. Where's Rodrigo? Rodrigo, could you set this up? Do you know what we should do? We should have an arm wrestling contest. Let's see Look, if anyone have... can beat Paul. Yeah, really. <laughs> you don't get to play. <laughs> Speaking of the Palo brunch, we really do need to say thank you to the team at Palo. Um, that was supposed to be their day off. And, I mean, they really moved mountains to make that happen for us. So they really deserve a round of applause. I I trust you guys enjoyed that brunch. Did I tell you? Now, what about, you know, one of the funniest things that's happened to me on this cruise is the day we were in Nassau, the number of people who came up to me and said, I got off the ship, I should have listened to you. Hello. Of, what, well, do you think great. I'm making this stuff up? <laughs> you know, you do the shore excursions on Nassau, you go over to uh, Atlantis on Nassau, you're all right. But that, you know, those of you who got off the ship and went into the straw market, was I lying? No. Ooh. I turned around the minute the guy said, Mom, take your family for a ride on the horse. <laughs> I thought it was hysterical that, that some, was some woman... some What accent was that? <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. Some woman asked Kelvin, said, give me that... He was carrying a bottle of water. Give me that water. No, he said, Dad, give me a drink or something. And he handed it to her. She drank out of it and then went to hand it back. So he's like, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was it about... Um, I think it was Alicia who was telling me. Was it you that told me? The trick and grease lady that (laughs) wanted to break her daughter's hand? She got off the ship and there was a lady sucking on a chicken bone. (laughs) She had like chicken grease all over her mouth. Who wanted to braid their daughter's hair. (laughs) (laughs) We thought that was funny. (laughs) My mom was wondering how all these hair braiders knew her name. They were like, Sherry hair braid, Sherry hair braid. She had her name tag on. Have any of you ever been on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Yeah. Okay. They take you to their private island, Labadee, yeah. which is part of Haiti. Well, they have this awful market. We call it the gauntlet. And as you walk in, there are all these people lined up, and they touch you. Yeah. They come see my stuff, come buy my stuff, I want you to buy this. Well, when I do it, I walk ahead. I make sure I'm the first one in, and I say to them, I don't have any money. See the guy in the black T-shirt? He has... <laughs> His name is John, and he has all the money. He's looking to buy lots of stuff. So as I'm about 10 feet ahead of him, all you hear in this market is, John, John, come here, John. (laughs) John doesn't get off the ship anymore. (laughs) No, but that's why I I, kind of miss doing the seven, the seven night cruises, because uh, 
St. Martin and St. Thomas. I mean, there was a time St. Martin was kind of, well, I used to say that it wasn't a Disney cruise unless it stopped in one slum. But St. Martin has definitely come up uh, in the last few years. And so St. Martin and St. Thomas, I think, are probably my favorite stops. We were also the only ship in port yesterday, so a lot of stuff was closed. I found that to be weird. You know, there's only one or two little shops open, but when there's more ships in port, things are bustling a little bit. I really enjoyed not having to stare at another ship. Mm -hmm. You know, sitting on my balcony and people are waving at me, and I'm like, I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) That that just sounded like you. (laughs) It is hard to wave at other people. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't put myself out either. (laughs) I'd rather look look at the ocean. Gotcha. I'm reading the boards, sorry. (laughs) No, Stitch Lover is upset with us for not putting up a mini show. A mini show? We all knew this day was coming, Wednesday the podcast cruise, and there's no show for those of us left behind. Because all of us... Because we we all have so much spare time. Drive a knife through my heart. I mean... (laughs) Well, we're videotaping this one so that folks will be able to actually see what we're doing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what the red light is for. That's what the lights are for, yeah. A little see the man up there, there with the camera? <laughs> pointed at us? See the, see the guy the guy up there with the big thing in the red light? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have my glasses on, I can see that. Is that my applause guy? Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I need a daiquiri. Oh, had you known we were being filmed, would you have dressed better? (laughs) I didn't mean that. Hey, Pete says, "Come as you do at the podcast." That's right. We were talking about that before the show started. Yeah, no, I looked at Walter and I said, "That's not how you dress for the podcast." Well, that's because Walter's always coming to the, from the gym <laughs> when he gets to the Oh, he's podcast. not allowed to wear his cut And he doesn't have his bag with his sandwich and his Right, the nasty peanut and his, butter. Oh. His sandwich <laughs> and his grapes and his carrot and his, his, his banana. And meanwhile, we're pounding M&Ms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> main, or the stuff that you chocolate. send us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. the stuff that we open. Which reminds me, we don't have any snacks. I do. <laughs> She's keeping to herself. Storing them over there for winter? I can take her. (laughs) I can. Don't look at me like that. I'll distract her. The appropriateness of that. <laughs> Teresa and Walter refer to themselves as the Chippendale of the show. They're like the d- expendable characters that we just bring in when we need them. You talk to us when you can't find a real filler characters. <laughs> thank you. Yes, Wait, thank I didn't you. Now idiot. Kevin can make noise. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So sweet. Did you all just have these with you? Thank you. <laughs> Am Where I Chipperdale? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Where were you going? <laughs> oh, 
how thoughtful. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank That's very you. nice. <laughs> Great timing. Really, who said bingo? Everybody got your bingo cards? <laughs> oh, now they want to know if the show is going to be unedited. There's not much to take out. This we haven't said anything yeah. that needs to be taken really? out. They're all being good. good. I'm going to take out everything that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like every other show we do. It's not a real pet We need Max with his collar walking around yeah. yelling at him. Max the, the dog. dog. Not the dog. <laughs> You got your chain on. (laughs) It's really very strange that, you know, Walter has Grace the bird. You have Grace the human child. I have Grace first. I have Max the dog. She has Max the child. (laughs) The kids have grown up thinking they were named after our pets. They only knew four names, apparently. Forget Stella. Max is doing very well. Thank you for asking. He is. Thank you. He's doing very well. (laughs) I don't think he was talking to you. Can I come back to your suite again, please? No. No, back to steerage with you. No, Max is doing. Max is. Max is doing really well. Um, we have to find him another vet, but... Do you have chocolate? Too. No. <laughs> I'll give some to Teresa. We don't have any. <laughs> Is he okay? He's home now. It's a He's granola bar. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to be in that seat. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> Teresa! Go long, go long. Bitch. No chocolate for you. Thank you, Paul. I only have five left. I'm not kidding. This is exactly what happens when we do the show. It's all this grazing and all the food being thrown back and forth, and then you people wonder why I'm 250 pounds. And plus, most of you send the food that That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Good and it's food. all good. And it's running low. <laughs> all right, folks, on that note, we are going to take a 10-minute break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Lee Cockrell. And after that, we're going to be taking your questions. So we'll be back with us again 10 minutes, 10 o'clock sharp. Thanks, folks. What did you say? The left. All right, welcome back, everyone. Looks like we... We are absolutely thrilled to have a special guest with us on the dais uh, today. Uh, his new book is Creating Magic, 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lee Cockrell. It is, it is such a pleasure to have you here, Lee. Really and truly, your, uh, your work with Disney is legendary, especially to those of us who are big fans and have followed uh, Disney as closely as, as we have. 
Um, you know, the, uh, you've heard me say it on the show. Uh, Disney is famous for its customer service, and Lee is really the architect, in my personal opinion. Lee is the architect of that world-famous customer service that so many companies around the world now are trying to emulate. Uh, some a little more successful than others, but none ever as good as Disney. And Lee really deserves uh, a lot of the credit, in my opinion, uh, for that. So to have him here with us is, is just great. If you have not had a chance to read the book, you must. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do for a living. There is something for everyone in this book. And it has been, it's been a real eye-opener for me, uh, reading it. Like a, um, I think I said to uh, uh, Mark Mathias that as I go through it, the first thing that comes across is incredible inadequacy. I'm like, oh, my Lord. I've got so much to learn. But tell me a little bit about uh, what inspired you to write the book. Well, my whole career, I thought I had something to say, but every time I wanted to try to write a book, I got nervous and thought I didn't have anything to say, so I didn't put it down. But I wrote a lot over the years, and I uh, had a lot of theories. I started out as a banquet waiter at the Washington Hilton in 1964, after I got out of the Army. And I, through the years, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from watching uh, some pretty bad leaders I worked for, and some pretty good leaders. And so after I'd been working for 40 years, I thought maybe I had something to say, and some advice, and some, uh, maybe some tips I could give people on uh, how to be more successful, not make some of the mistakes I made in my early career. The first half of my career, I was a great manager. I could get anything done. I kind of forgot about the people, and I learned some good lessons and went through some tough times in my career and kind of um, reborn. <laughs> so I, uh, it, uh, I just wanted to put that into writing, and I uh, talked to Disney about it, and uh, I asked them if I could write a book, and they said no. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I asked again and finally got the approval. And went, So when I retired, I wanted to go to work writing the book. I'd already started writing before uh, I'd left Disney, and I had a lot of material and a lot of thoughts about things I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to get a perspective of how people can be better leaders in their whole life, in their family life, in their business life, their neighborhood, their volunteer organizations, their place of worship, all kinds of places, and uh, so that's, and I wanted to do it in a leadership book and telling stories, uh, instead of diagrams and arrows and and, uh, and philosophy. And so hopefully the stories tell the story. And at the end of each chapter, we put a little checklist for you to ask yourself, to take a little quiz for yourself of how well you do these things. And could you be better? No matter how good you may think you are or how good of a parent you are or a leader at work, could you be better? And uh, a lot of people have responded to that in a positive way. So it's been great and and they say you can uh, leave a legacy by planting a tree, writing a book, or having a baby. So I need to plant a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so I let, wrote a book and dedicated it to my grandchildren. And then I told them they better behave. <laughs> so uh, that's, what I, that's how it all came to pass. It took a couple years to do it. We do, uh, we, as you know, we deal a lot with Disney from being an outside company and having to deal with sort of the machine of Disney. Did you run into a lot of challenges writing this book, not no longer being a cast member? Uh, <laughs> actually, I signed a contract with Disney, and basically uh, they said I could write uh, just about anything I wanted, as long as it wasn't confidential. They couldn't let it out. And um, 
and uh, they were very good about it. I was uh, held my breath for two years as we went through each game because they ch- looked it over. They read every word as I wrote, and uh, actually they didn't really change anything because wow. it was a very positive story I wanted oh, to yeah. tell. There was, you know, Disney was very good to me, and uh, I think most people who are with Disney and I wanted to tell the story in a way that uh, anybody could understand it and probably apply it to their own businesses. So. It uh, it was not that hard. It was hard to get it all done. It's pretty hard to write a book. There are 300 books a day published in the U.S. So it's unless you get a great agent that can get into the publishers because they throw most of them away that come in. They're looking. These people have stacks of books to read, manuscripts, and uh, I ended up having a great publisher, a great agent in New York. You know, it's funny how life turns around. This agent turned out to be my wife's roommate at American University 40 years ago. Wow. Uh, and we lost track of her, and we reconnected, and she wrote some, read some of my stuff. She said, you ought to write a book. And uh, she's an international agent. She worked with Jackie Kennedy and Bishop Tutu. And uh, so anyway, I ended up getting my book published in 10 languages so far, and she's got reach around the world. In Dutch, I told you. <laughs> I would expect that you would go home and really promote it. And uh, <laughs> See, if there's anyone that can do it, she's sitting in the front row. <laughs> but she's shy. Can you really do it? <laughs> so that was interesting. To, they send me the books. I'm, Chinese is in the mail, and uh, we had Japanese, Indonesian, Korean, French, uh, what other languages? Uh, Spanish. Uh, it's uh, it's all over the place, and I'm getting I'm going to Brazil uh, June 7th. To, it's going to come out in Portuguese there, and then it's coming out in a little different Portuguese in Portugal. <laughs> so uh, it's been fun to work with these people. I've learned a lot about the business of book publishing. You know, Lee, one of the things that struck me as I was reading the book was the number of stories that you tell about things you learned from frontline cast members. Uh, that uh, you know, some of your some of your best inspirations came to you from having this open-door policy with frontline cast members. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of those inspirations, some of the things you've learned from uh, well, keeping that open-door policy and being more very approachable to I all I think I got wired that way because I started out as a banquet waiter and I worked as a cook and I did all those jobs and I wondered why no one ever asked my opinion back in those <laughs> days. And I wanted to make sure I didn't make that same mistake because I knew a lot of things the management didn't know. If they would ask me, I would have told them. There's a lot of information that everybody who works in a business, that's why the first strategy in my book is, the title is, Remember Everyone is Important. And it's a good title. And it's the first strategy because if you get that one right and you practice that and live that and remember that everyone's important, um, that is the way you get results. And I, Really? So, everyone? Everyone. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, everyone's important. Stateroom's not big enough. <laughs> and I've been trying to find people in the world who do not believe they're important, and they, nobody raises their hand. And so, uh, and it's one of the problems across the world, in my opinion, right now, with all the problems in the Middle East going across the world. Uh, people are humiliated sometimes, and when you don't pay attention to people, I kind of got this. Uh, idea that people go from one, the scale is from one to ten. On When you ignore people and don't pay attention to them, that's a form of humiliation, or you don't ask their opinion, or you don't bother, you think they're at a low level, it doesn't matter. 
So they just kind of are not as committed to the job. They don't do a great job. They come in. They just want to get their paycheck. They do what they have to do. They won't go all the way for you. On the other hand, humiliation, I think, is probably what we see in the Middle East, people feeling like they're never going to have a home and they've been living this way for decades, and then people resort to violence. And uh, I think we can all learn a good lesson in making sure we remember that everyone's important and pay attention to people. I would say on this ship, there's not one job on this ship that if they didn't have it, this wouldn't work. I always told the engineer... You, by you maintaining the air conditioner, it doesn't go out during the wedding in August. You know, is that person important? Is the person, I talk about the French fries in my book, who's more important, the person who orders them, the person who de- receives them, delivers them, stores them, fries them, cooks them, or cleans them up? Well, you need them all. After I told that story, a lady told me, she said, you know, I, in purchasing, she said, I think I'm the most important person. I ordered them. And, uh, you know, if you have a hamburger place that sells 8,000 hamburgers a day, like uh, some of the operations at Walt Disney World, and you run out of French fries, it's not a pretty picture. The guests get violent. (laughs) When you try to give them fruit, they look at you like you're a nut. (laughs) Because if you're going to have a burger, you've got to have fries. And uh, so everybody's important. And that's a lesson I learned. And uh, when you learn that lesson... Not only is it the right thing to do, you get much better results from people because when people feel like they are important, they matter, they they do a better job, and it all fits. I mean, if you went to Walt Disney World and went into dirty bathrooms and trash and people were rude, you wouldn't be very happy. So I've learned many things. I mean, I had a confidential voicemail. People could leave me messages. I tell them if they're afraid to approach me, go to 7-Eleven and send me a fax. You know, uh, Write me from their home screen name, have their husband call me if I wouldn't recognize their voice. Whatever they had to do, I want to hear the ideas because some of the best ideas came from the frontline cast members. And uh, there's nobody that knows their work more than, better than the person doing it. The manager will never know the work as well as the person doing it. I don't care how smart you are. And uh, you just won't. I mean, the people that clean the restrooms know more how, how long it takes, what chemicals they're wasting. Uh, how they could save money, uh, much better than the management can ever know. And if you inspire them and respect them and pay attention to them and listen to them and involve them and include them, they're going to do a better job. Pride's a big deal. And that was kind of how the – because you talk about uh, the – I I know it sounds inane, but you you talk about the laundry services at Walt Disney World and how much the frontline cast members played a role in creating that whole – uh, if you've ever taken the backstage magic tour, how many people in here have taken the backstage magic tour at Walt Disney oh, World wow. and seen uh, laundry services? I got to tell you, that was the most amazing thing I think I've ever seen in my it life. Was awesome. It was awesome. Is your microphone? And on? pretty much the uh, frontline cast runs that laundry. They set the production targets, uh, not the management. They they uh, come up with the great ideas how to improve productivity, and and it was because they were uh, given the opportunity to do that and. At first, they didn't want to do it. They didn't think they were qualified because nobody had ever treated them with that kind of regard in their lives. You know, people say, well, people working in the laundry don't know anything. Well, they certainly do. And uh, productivity went up dramatically when they took over, started setting the product. Actually, they set higher targets than the management did. And uh, they achieved them. And uh, they come up with great ideas on how to reduce accidents, safety issues, uh, 
improve the productivity. Uh, they recommended to go work in the housekeeping in the hotels to make sure they could understand how the linen came into the rooms because a lot of housekeepers were opening up sheets and there'd be a hole in them or a stain. And when they learned that, they went back and they started pulling those out and not sending them to hotels. So it didn't affect their coworkers up upstream three days to get a sheet that they had to go back and get more and waste time. And, you know, they saw that, went back and fixed it. So... Things like that. Just little, lots of little things add up over time to this magical experience. It's just an accumulation of things, and uh, everything matters. Yeah. What do you think, Kevin? Does that sound right? It always I, it sounds great. You all right with that? <laughs> I have a story to tell about Lee. Uh oh. Already? <laughs> I have told you all before, I used to be a pin trader. And when you are in the pin trading community, everyone has their great story. I met an Imagineer. I was in the right place at the right time. I did this. I did that. Well, someone told Lee that I was a pin trader at one time. And the other night, we had a meeting in our stateroom, and Lee attended. And at one point, he dumped out this bag of some of the most highly coveted pins on the bed. And I sat there thinking, I'm sitting on my bed pin trading with Lee Cockrell. <laughs> Who you didn't can I... give me a pin back, though. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. I was sitting on the bed taking Lee Cockrell's pin. <laughs> and I thought, there's got to be someone I can call, even at ship-to-shore rates. This is just too cool. So I have to, I have to say thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for those pins. They're holding up the uh, sign right here. Yeah, these pins are actually holding up our... Uh, we I thought of that. <laughs> Problem solving. We asked Lee's opinion. <laughs> one, of the, one of the true highlights for me on this cruise is I had a chance to spend some time with Lee, um, speaking to him just we had dinner one night. Lee, what's your impression of um, meeting the fans at this level? I mean, we're thrilled to meet you, and we're uh, inspired by you. What are, are you, you afraid? Are you scared by this many people? Or? I wasn't until this morning. <laughs> it's been great. You know, I spent a lot of time in the parks walking around meeting guests and talking to guests and understanding what they're, where they were coming from, and I communicated with a lot of guests. A lot of guests wrote to me directly, and I, I went to work very early in the mornings, and so... Uh, I'd go in and check my email, answer everybody. I always told people at work and fans, I will probably answer you before you get out of bed. So uh, I love being around the guests. That's where the real truth is. Uh, that's where, and I think Walt Disney said, you know, you've got to know what they want if you're going to give it to them and uh, make sure you're not giving them what you want. And uh, I, I've loved being here. I've loved talking to many of you during the last few days. I love your uh, excitement and energy around loving coming on this kind of thing and a lady said to me once at disney she said you know lee can you imagine the world without disney and i thought you know what not really i grew up on disney uh, uh not we never went to the park but we were over there watching uh seven o'clock sunday night and uh, we didn't get a tv till i was in the fifth grade is that shocking ladies and you young people <laughs> that's why i'm halfway normal <laughs> and uh, actually i was a. Uh, I guess I was 11, 1955, we got a TV. So uh, it's been great. I love being with the guests and with you all, and I, I love your uh, excitement. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to be doing something you love. And I had a great job at Disney. You know, I had the best job, really, frankly. I worked at Disneyland Paris for three years, and at 
Disney World for 13 years, and uh, and uh, I would say most days it was fun. <laughs> Some days, like 9/11, hurricanes, uh, other issues, recessions are not fun. But most days I had a great time, and mainly because I said I was working in a job where 99.9% of the guests were happy. I wasn't selling cigarettes or oil, or I wasn't a stockbroker. Most of our guests were are happy. And I talked to some of the people on the cruise, and they said they love working here down in guest, uh, guest relations because uh, most of the guests are happy. You know, and that's... Uh, that's uh, different than a lot of places you go where people are going to see guest relations or guest services in stores and they're not happy. And so it, it's great. Great to be here. Well, it's funny you mentioned about, about the cruise because, you know, I've talked about this on the show before. One of the things that I find amazing about the cruise line is you have, uh, you have these crew members that are working seven days a week, months on end, very little time off, uh, which is very standard in the cruise industry that's not unique to Disney. But... They are the happiest group of people. And it's the kind of happy that is not forced. It's real. And I think a lot of it is the leadership style that's practiced on the ship. Obviously, they're really concerned and considerate of what the frontline crew members need. There's no way these people could be this good at their job and this happy if they weren't being well taken care of. If that, if that sense of, of leadership, as you talk about in the book wasn't being practiced here. And I, I mean, I've followed Disney Cruise Line in particular very closely since its inception. And I've watched it. I've watched how it's grown. I've watched how it's changed. And really, it's really, it's, this is a product that just keeps getting better and better and better because there's that focus there. It's, it's uh, been blessed to have very good leadership um, over the years. Mm-hmm. And you really, you really see the, the results of that in, in the quality of, of the crews, the quality of the, of the crew members. So when you mention that, I just, you know, i I think it's a good tie into the book because I think a lot of these philosophies and principles are being practiced here on the ship. I should get the credit for all this because I hired Carl Holtz, <laughs> <laughs> and he does a great he does a great job. The new the president he's been president once and he's president again. That's right. There's something else I have to say. I think I, I, Disney offers such an amazing product. I'm going to talk about Gibson again. Again, we were at the party yesterday. And I said to Gibson, that's Lee Cockrell over there. Gibson, how old are you? 14. Gibson is a 14-year-old guy who was excited to meet an ex-cast member from Disney. I can't think of another product. Is there another product out there, Gibson, that you would be excited to see the guy who made it? I really like Snapple ice. I really like like Snapple ice tea, but I don't care who makes it. (laughs) So it's... It's so weird to see somebody get excited to see... I can't think of another product out there that any of us buy that I would be that excited to meet the, the maker. So I just have to say thank you again. Like General Motors or... No, I don't... Chrysler. You know... <laughs> you show, no, I, think, I think Kevin raises a very good point, though. You show me another company that really and truly has the fan base that Disney has. I mean, look at the number of websites like ours dedicated to Disney. I mean... There's you don't see it. You I, I I have not found anything that's inspired that kind of that's that kind of passion in people. Yeah. So I think what I'd like to do, uh, folks, but if you before you do that, I, I we've asked Lee some really great questions, but I need to ask Lee a tough question if it's okay. Oh, yes. Lee, should people swim in the lakes at Walt Disney World? 
Kasten. Apparently not. <laughs> I can tell you, I live in Florida. I don't go in my yard at night. <laughs> and I turn the light on in the pool before I go on to make sure we see what's in there. So um, I would say that I stay out of all fresh water in Florida. <laughs> I was told when I got there, that at the minimum, there's an alligator in every fresh water source. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's Florida. Where there's water, there's gators. How many times have you heard me say it? And don't let your dogs go near the shore either. That's right. Or they Unless you want to see them snapped up. <laughs> snapped, yeah. <laughs> Operative word. Folks, you'll notice on either side of the uh, uh, theater we have microphones set up. If you'd like to ask a question for Lee or any of us, just go ahead and line up and head for the, head for the uh, microphones. Also, the folks up in the back... If you have a question, we've made arrangements to have someone bring a microphone up to you, too. Don't all rush at once. <laughs> so you make this is not the time to be shy. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> uh, the, are you leaving? <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> with your experience with Disney everything. Oh, wait, see... I don't think we have the mic on over here. Try it again. Do you see, uh, since you've left, other people stepping up in the position that you are in and keeping that mentality of the open door and stuff like that, or have you seen a change within Disney of it becoming more closed-minded? Well, I can tell you, Aaron Wallace, who worked for me for six years, took my place. And what I think about Aaron Wallace is I have a condo at Melbourne Beach, and there's 12 units. There's two per floor. And Don Robinson, who used to be at Disney, owned the one next to me. And uh, he was going to sell it because he moved down to the Bahamas. And uh, I talked Aaron into buying it because I wanted to control my neighbor. <laughs> and uh, she's a wonderful woman. She cares about the cast. I was telling somebody yesterday, you can trust her 100%. I mean, literally. She's not only a good executive. She's a good person, trustworthy, uh, high integrity, honesty, cares about the cast, and is trying to do the right things. And so I would not worry about that. I think... Uh, there's been some tough times, of course, with the layoffs, and people like to talk about that. But it's a very difficult. It's probably the most unique time we've been in in our economy for a long, long time. And uh, they're doing it. Even when they had to do the layoffs, they did them in the right way. They took good care of the people. Some people walked away with some very large checks, like my next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, everybody. And uh, so I would say you will continue. I, you know, in the layoffs, I told people the reason there were no layoffs at the frontline level. You all are not going to see a difference in the service. There were layoffs in support positions, uh, places where backstage, things you wouldn't, uh, where they got higher productivity or sales or uh, businesses down, conventions aren't booking. There were layoffs there. But the frontline cast, there were no reductions. And so you will not, I will be surprised if any of you can say you see a difference in the service. I doubt it because Disney is totally focused on, I mean, fanatical about that frontline cast taking care of the service. And the frontline cast is Disney. I mean, it is. We've talked about that on on the show. I've said, you know, at this point, up to this point, I haven't seen uh, any difference at all. I mean, with the exception of obviously some of the shows that, they, hours. they had cut and yeah. things like that, and the hours. We did that after 9-11, been, too. Yeah, the hours, and the hours have been very flexible. I think, you know, for the most part, they've been very flexible. Um, I have not seen 
any real difference in the experience. As a matter of fact, I think, especially during the spring break season, which was incredibly busy, um, I thought those cast members were just, they, they were real happy, they were real engaging. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's been and any... And I think on the cruise, you haven't seen... Uh, hopefully you haven't noticed any decline of service. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not, not from And every business is hurting. I mean, you know, it's, it's discretionary income. People don't have to spend it. And uh, But uh, the companies who can maintain their service and reputation through these times are going to come out. On top. On top. Way on top. Okay, we have another question over here. Brooklyn. Hi there. Hi, How are you doing? I'm good. Can you, uh, is your mic working? I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. we can. Yeah. <laughs> it's not usually a problem for me. <laughs> you know, we're longtime Disney fans. We, we're here all the time, two or three times a year, and we try to mix things up by staying at different hotels. And yet we see that Disney does not seem to be building any new hotels at this point. Instead, it seems to be going to outside hotel people in building new hotels. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I, uh, I think you will see more in the future. I think this economy is – what happens, you know, I don't know if you'll ever see another theme park because there's only so many parks you need. I think you'll see each park get bigger as time. When you need more capacity, they'll put more in the Magic Kingdom. They'll put more in Animal Kingdom. They'll put more. Uh, but they, they, they will continue. I think the Vacation Club will continue pretty well. I think uh, – uh, it's like the Swan and Dolphin. They've done a good job. Uh, the Hilton uh, at uh, Buena Vista on, uh, in Buena Vista is the top-rated Hilton for service of all Hiltons in the nation. They, I mean, it's impressive what they do over there. I think uh, the key is to make sure that if you're going to have a third party, like Four Seasons, I mean, we probably wouldn't run a Four Seasons kind of property. Four Seasons does have a brand. There is a customer that wants to come to Walt Disney World and Orlando and stay in a Four Seasons at whatever they charge. I don't know what it is. It wouldn't be me, but they somebody will. <laughs> I can't sleep if I have to pay for anything. So... <laughs> So I, I think it'll be a blend. I mean, I, th- I tell people all the time, even if you go to restaurants on Walt Disney World at Downtown Disney uh, or Coronado Springs, the restaurants are not run by Disney. A lot of people don't know that, but you probably don't know that. Um, if you go into any restaurant at Disney, whether it's a Disney product or a non-Disney product, um, and you, I, one little example I give is if you have a food allergy or something, it doesn't matter which restaurant you go into whether it's Disney or not, and tell them the chef will come out and work with you to create a meal for you. I think the key is to make sure that the experience, no matter who runs it, it's like uh, the Hess stations, you know, to make sure whoever runs it that they're clean, they're friendly, they're all those things, so that your experience, no matter who you come into contact with, uh, you have a good experience. So, you know, those are business decisions. There's a lot of uh, due diligence on when's the right time to make the investment and at what price point and do you need more of uh, the lower end price hotels higher end uh, Disney's will continue I think you'll continue to see it but there's plenty of rooms there and right now there's plenty of rooms there <laughs> and uh, and you really got a wide choice of what you can stay in already and so hopefully these new properties uh, Waldorf Astoria is being built you know uh, I, start, I worked in the Waldorf in New York for three years they'll do a great job 
and uh, balance. I think it's balance and just making sure that we keep wherever you stay that you have a wonderful experience. And the contracts are very tight. They have a whole staff at Disney that checks those hotels, audits those hotels, checks the rooms, stays there, checks the service. They go through the same traditions training, uh, name tags. So hopefully you won't notice the difference. And if you don't notice the difference, that will be the key, not whether who owns it. So hopefully you'll continue to have a great experience. Great. Thank you. I know we have a question up here. Yes. Actually, it's more of a comment on we didn't realize everything that went into the cast member program until our son went in the college program and worked as a frontline cast member. And actually, he's returning there again in August, so you may see him around. Um, but the plans like that, the Main Street Diary and the recognition they receive – those type of programs will continue into the future. Those were – I'm not sure how those were originally set up, but – Yeah. Well, I hope so. I uh, was very involved in the college program, and uh, my main goal was to get thousands and thousands of college kids to behave. Because <laughs> when you're a certain age, it's difficult. <laughs> Judgment is suspended for a few years. <laughs> As Judge Judy says, <laughs> she said the only time children are not lying is when their mouth is closed. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, the college program is great. My son was in the college program in 1989, and he was promoted to vice president of Epcot on his birthday this year. Uh, yeah. I was working at Marriott at the time, and he called me. He was going to Boston University, and he called me, and he said, Dad, I got bad news for you. I said, what's that, Daniel? He said, Disney's a whole lot better than Marriott. I said, what? <laughs> he said, the training is incredible. And I, it was one of those experiences that changed his view on life. He told me when he was 14, he said, Dad, I would never do what you do for a living. Uh. Well, that was wrong. <laughs> So uh, the college program, I would suggest anybody can get their kids on the college program. You know why? Because they have to behave there. They have to give the right service. They have to put up with a lot of stress, guest service. They have to do it right. And Mickey when they Mouse leave is your there, landlord. One college, told me, one college told me, we sent you an introvert. You sent us back an extrovert. People, they come out of They learn. They learn a lot. They don't always like the job they have at the time. And a lot of them go home and quit. But, you know, everybody should. That experience is. And put Disney on your resume. When they go to get a job, that's all the people are going to want to talk about is what, tell us about your Disney experience because everybody's been there and everybody will be interested. So the college programs should continue. And, we, those are, and I would say most of our management comes out of those positions now. We pick from those college students, bring them back, and eventually they can have a management job. So it's a great program. Thank you very much. A question over here. Um, you have probably some good background information on different rumors about the parks. I wanted to ask about Night Kingdom and all the things that were associated with that and then some of the background on the the closure of Downtown Disney's Pleasure Island and will we ever see Adventurers Club come back? Tell me what you said first. What was the first product? Night Kingdom. Night Kingdom. The rumors about the expansion of the theme parks. There might be a fifth gate has been floating around for years. I don't think that's in play right now from what I've heard. I don't think there's – I mean, I'm not going to say it can't happen because if the economy gets strong enough and people think there's enough uh, 
demand for that kind of product, Disney will build it. You know, it's a business, and uh, but I haven't heard that. Pleasure Island, um, you know, downtown Disney's become a different place today, and they, and uh, I would say the guests who come are. I mean, there's some people interested in staying up till midnight, but the uh, country's getting older. The demographics are changing. Most people want more restaurants, early evening things, um, more things in the street, more. And uh, at some point, uh, uh, you know, products change. It's kind of like uh, when we change an attraction. I mean, I took a beating every time on the internet. When, uh, From these people. <laughs> that was us. But then after it happens, they say, well, we love the new one. And so it's difficult to keep things the same and keep it changing, which is what everybody wants. They want new stuff and they want everything the same. You can't keep everything. And Disney takes a very hard look at these things to see the demand, how much people really want them. And uh, and there's a lot of a lot of work there. But uh, I think uh, you'll see the th- changes at Pleasure. I don't know Adventures Club. I, I, I'm not tuned into that. It's was my son's favorite place when he was on the college program. It was ours. We went there. I go to a lot of parties there. It's a great place. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what the plan is. Is the plan to close it? The Adventures Club? It's, it's significantly been closed. closed. See what I know. <laughs> my son doesn't tell me anything anymore. But, uh, yeah, so, but I know change is hard, and uh, especially if you love something. Now, there's a bunch of people that could care less. So, uh, uh, we'll see what they come up with. There'll be some lot of new, exciting things built there. Downtown Disney will get bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and uh, it's a giant. I mean, I don't know if they get like 16, 17 million visitors now. I mean, it's huge. So, thank you. All right, thank you. Yeah. Dave. One of the things I'm curious about, and there's been a lot of discussion on the boards and some discussion on the show as well, is what it seems to be as the homogenization of the parks. If you look, if you compare between Disneyland and Walt Disney World, it seems like you see the same merchandise in the shops, the same T-shirts in the shops. And it seems like the parks are losing somewhat of their unique flavor. I wonder if you could address that. Um, Well, I I don't know if that's true. I mean, it could be. I think uh, 99% of the people come to Walt Disney World don't go to Disneyland. And back back the the, uh, attractions, the the visitors are really from in in California, very regionalized to that part of the world. I'm sure some do come. I haven't heard that before. Merchandise sales continue to be extremely strong. And uh, are you saying they don't have personalized merchandise at the two parks anymore? I'd say, I'd say less so. You see a lot of merchandise that has both Walt Disney World and Disneyland right. written right on it. Yeah, it's something we've talked about on the show a number of times that we've noticed is that, and we refer to it as homogenization, whereas you know, if I go into a store in the Magic Kingdom or I go into a store in Disneyland, I'm looking at the same merchandise, whereas there used to be a lot of merchandise that was kind of exclusive to certain, not, not just certain parks, but certain areas of the park. Um, and we've seen that that's kind of, it seems almost as purchasing has become more centralized, um, that seems to have, have filtered down. And I think that's, that's what Dave is, is talking about, kind of taking some of the uniqueness away from the experience. Yeah, well, uh, I'll take that back. I'm fans. very connected to Liz Boyce, who runs all the merchandise. I meet with her often and talk to her about things I hear. So I'll uh, take it back. I hadn't heard that before. That'd be wonderful. I will tell you, Disney does react to what they hear. And, uh, you know, they they interview two million people a year, guests, 
in many ways from the parks before they go in, when they come out, on the Internet, many ways. And those uh, are closely looked at to see what changes should be made. And uh, we'll see what we've, if we've heard that, but uh, I, certainly that's something to... It's uh, even within the parks themselves. You used to go to Mickey's Star Traders in Tomorrowland, and the, the merchandise was different than what you would find in the Emporium. You can now find the same merchandise in both locations. I'm trying to make sure my book's in all locations. <laughs> but I will take that back. That's a, that's a good comment. And that can happen when people are tightening up and trying to uh, uh, get better pricing. Okay? I'm sure that will be his first priority. <laughs> I'll let Pete know so he can let you know. But uh, they'll take a look at that. I mean, they like to, you know, their goal is to sell merchandise. I know you know that. (laughs) And if this is something that should be focused on for more personalized, then Disney would love to do that and sell more. And that may be something. And it's the same old story in life. I used to meet with the cast and I say, you know, I hope before I leave you today you'll tell me what's on your mind because I go to meetings all week and when I, if I hear something over and over and over again, then I can bring it up and say, hey, this is an issue. We need to deal with it. But if I don't hear it, you don't tell me, then I don't, I don't know. And uh, I think that's in all businesses. Our cast, we've got to make sure we're hearing from the guest and hearing from the cast. And uh, that, uh, so we'll find out. Actually, we can ask that question on some of the surveys to see what people say. Lee, we have an audience that likes to spend their money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Vet. I'll sign as many books as you buy. <laughs> I'll wait outside the ship tomorrow morning <laughs> in the parking lot at the airport. <laughs> I've got an extra comment about that and a question. Um, if you talk about, like, the um, merchandise, let them do something more for the AP holders. For? Oh, okay. Annual pass holders. Uh-huh. Because it's... Only getting into the parks a few days a year right now, or just until six o'clock, because at seven o'clock it's done. Start a party again. Just let them do something more for us. We pay like four hundred and fifty dollars to get into the parks, but we want more than that only. So at Amsterdam Disney, we're not doing that. No, no. <laughs> And I've got also a question, and I hope I don't insult any French listeners. I, okay, maybe there are no, <laughs> Maybe there are no French listeners anymore after Bob's comments and text. And, but maybe there, there is one more left. You said you worked three years at Disneyland Paris. Yes. Um, here in America, no, not only in America, the Disney uh, standard is very high. Um, people like... Um, point with two fingers instead of one finger because that's rude, all that kind of stuff. Why are the French cast members so rude? That's okay. First of all... We have to stop now. The baby's crying. Ferris is apparently First of all, I have a... First of all, I have a French daughter-in-law who is the mother of my three grandchildren. (laughs) And I would say it's like in anything in the world, it's uh, 
Disney's trying to work on this. The culture is different. You know, we've been here since 1971. And you start out. When we opened Disneyland Paris, the hardest thing for me, I was there and I was recruiting all over, that we recruited everybody who'd never worked for Disney. And, you know, it's like it's even like at Disney World when you get a new cast member. They are not committed when they first start. It's just a job when people start. They don't, it takes a while before you wake up one morning and understand the kind of organization you're in. And, and I know it's been a long time. But I think cultures are cultures. They're different. And uh, we can say we, one of the, maybe the, one of the problems we started with is we went over there and opened Disneyland Paris, and we were going to make it like America. And, you know, and so we didn't respect the culture as much as we probably should have and are trying to backtrack out of that. And um, it is not the same. I agree with you. We hear that. Um, uh, I don't know if anywhere in the world will ever be quite like Disneyland and Disney World, where it was founded and where they've been operating so long. But the management over there is working hard to try to get that right. And when you lose money for so many years, it's difficult also to put more resources in and training and all the kinds of things you want to do and keep the buildings up. And, and it's been a tough economic market in France. And even now, they were making money last year, and then all of a sudden this recession hits again. And uh, so uh, hopefully they're going to keep working on that and getting it right. And uh, and I'm not going to tell you we don't have cast members occasionally at Disney. We have to retrain <laughs> In attitude, or, or, uh, but less, and uh, the management understands the difference, and they understand what they have to do over there. So, yeah, it, uh, French, France is not America, and neither is Spain, and neither is uh, China, and uh, so it's a, uh, it's a cultural issue. And and uh, when we open a new attraction or a new park at Disney, ninety percent of the people who go to work in that park have already been working for the company. So you got that built-in culture you don't have at Disney. I mean, over there. And they didn't grow up with Disney in France. They didn't grow up watching 7 o'clock Sunday night. And they didn't understand. They didn't know a lot of the characters. And in China, it was the same way. They didn't know these characters. They didn't grow up with them. And and uh, Disney is certainly an American thing. And uh, so they're working on it. And it's, uh, it's, tough. it's tough. I think job. I should go to Paris and help stimulate the economy. <laughs> You should. He's been, pu- he's been pushing me for that for so long. And he's I've trying to go to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. One more question about um, um, in Disneyland Paris. They do have, um, like here we've got like Chippendale. Yeah. I don't know what it's called over there. It's French. But why do they have those different, why, do, why are the names in French or in a different language? But I don't know if it's in Hong Kong the same uh, or something. That's news to me. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Is Mickey Mickey? Mickey's Mickey. Yeah. Right. And Minnie's Minnie, but like Chip and Dill and some Are there others. others that have different names? Different names. Well, they even changed the title of my book over there. <laughs> it's not creating magic. It's something around enchant your customers <laughs> or something. I don't even know what it is. But, uh, but uh, there are some translations, and I don't think the characters, you wouldn't think they would be a translation. I don't know. What does Chip and Dale mean in French? Is it I some bad word? In, in Dutch, Chippendale is, is called Knobble and Bubble. So it's really just different names. <laughs> well, good thing we didn't open in uh, the Netherlands. <laughs> Chip and Bubble. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, it's Thank great. You, uh, no more questions from you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he just met you. <laughs> Over here. 
You said they would be nice. <laughs> well, since you uh, won't take any more questions from Yvette, I'd like take. to amplify on perhaps her first statement. Um, there are, you know, in this uh, auditorium, I don't know how many we've got here, but I'll bet if you asked everybody that's wearing a Mickey watch to raise their hand, you would get just about everybody. Um, we're probably some of uh, Disney's uh, strongest fans here. Uh, I literally met my wife at Disney World. Wow. And uh, <laughs> it's an amazing story. Um, and I, I'm, I'm softening you up only because uh, what I want to ask is, uh, has Disney ever really considered a frequent guest reward program? Uh, where, did you, where did you hear this? <laughs> Gee. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they have, and they looked at it. Many times they may, in fact, do it one day. Up until now, the systems, just the IT systems, they had never spent enough money to get that done. But, but I don't. I, it is not a high priority right now. I think. I mean, I got on the ship and they told me I, this was my seventh cruise. I didn't know that. That was cool. Uh, I mean, that was. But I don't know if they'll do that or not. I really don't know. Yeah, we talk about this on the show quite a bit. Um, I I do. It's one of my biggest pet peeves, is that you know we have the Castaway Club uh, on the ship. So if you're a repeat guest, you know you're going to be getting something in your stateroom. It's not a big thing. It's very – I love That's the bags, cool. stuff, stuff in there. It's a little thing just to say, thank you. You came back. And virtually every, every hospitality company in the country, in the world, has some kind of frequent guest program. Come a certain number of times, we'll give you something. Right. And it just always confused me as to why Disney was one company that didn't do that. Yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully one day – Hopefully one day they will because, you know, there's a lot of people in this room, a lot of people on this dais, uh, who spend a lot of time and a lot of money in Disney hotels and just would feel, I think, a little more uh, appreciated if there was a thank you once in a while from Disney saying, we appreciate your business. Good good point. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I was wondering, not to keep going on at attacking Disney here, but why is it with Disney that you have such great minds working for Disney and everything? Why can't you people get a website to work? (laughs) And is this the issue of the website's very difficult? Yeah, it's 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 you can't find just to find park hours is is incredibly it's almost impossible. Uh, That's why the tiz is around. Again, I don't know, but I will take. I mean, I think they've heard this probably many yeah. times. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know why it's so complicated. Now, if you go to my website, it's very simple. <laughs> you click on the book. We send you the book. No, that's all right. We have. We're open 24 hours. You don't have to look for hours. I don't know what the complication is with the, the site. What, what are, what's the top three problems with it? You would, if you could fix one thing, what would you fix first? Stop crashing. Stop, it crashing. Work. Stop crashing. Yeah. Uh, is that right? As, P, as Pete has said before, if they spent more time doing the website and, and just finding stuff on it instead of making Tinkerbell go across my screen back and forth and, and loading music and loading I did mention that once, didn't I? <laughs> I think the feeling is if you can build Expedition Everest, 
they should be able to site? Right. Well, I'm sure they can. And I'll go back and tell them I got beaten bloody around the site. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Liam. Uh, no, that's a good... I, it's good. I mean, I know. I go to sites all the, every day, all day long, looking to do things and doing work and booking airline tickets and looking up things. And absolutely. Try and book a Disney Cruise Line vacation on their website. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd rather not do that. <laughs> Let dreams do it for you. I would rather have dreams do it for you. But that's, again, good feedback. I'll, I will go back and tell them. I mean... I'm sure they've heard it. Sometimes people have got to hear it more. I think Mark's sitting up there. Carrie's sitting up there. They'll take this back and... and Going, oh, dear God, why did we let him come in this cruise? <laughs> I retired and got a lifetime pass, so I don't really go on the site that often. Oh, man. But um, we'll find out. I mean, I, I know it's frustrating. Uh, I've been on other sites where it's... it's uh, I was on a site this week trying to do something with cell phones, and I've noticed there's not a site. Most sites don't put their zip code on them. So when you want to do mapping, I get very frustrated. They put their address, and they don't put the zip code. Well, this makes me crazy. <laughs> and, but a lot of sites, you know, it's, it's a good point. And what happens is you quit going back to sites that are not easy to function and easy to use. So I'll find out. They have them. Exactly. Sometimes, and maybe it is. Like, Sometimes you try to do too much. You try to put too much instead of the basics. I'm going to talk about that in my speech later today. Don't get bored with the basics in life. The basics are what people are looking for. Quick, fast, basic information. Yeah. Great. Thank you. I have a question for somebody here in the audience. We haven't done Yeah, that. let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the Netherlands. I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> when Greenland melts, what's going to happen? <laughs> when the Arctic melts. Before we all came on the cruise, we've had a number of podcast threads, and there's a particular person, person and she's actually... This wasn't planned. She's standing at a microphone. Um, that... Was the topic of <laughs> many conversations, but I just want to know, and I know there's a lot of people in the room. Um, you had a picture of all the shoes that you were going to bring on the cruise. How many pairs of the shoes have you worn? Oh, good question. Eleven. Oh, my. <laughs> I think I told Paul, her husband, the other night, I'm here without my wife, and my stateroom seems so much larger. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you stay in shape. (laughs) How many pairs of shoes have you worn, Paul? All right, we have a question over here. Um, have you ever heard, well, first of all, have you ever heard people who love something so much complain about it so much? Um, I think that's normal in life. And in that I love day, my wife so much, but I complain a lot, so that's <laughs> um, I don't know if you were privy to this information, but do you have any idea when the contract with Nescafe ends? <laughs> You know, 
when I, Dieter Hanning, who was our v, senior VP of food and beverage, who really was responsible for all of the wonderful restaurants at Disney World. I mean, he is the person I talk about him in my book. It, without him, it wouldn't be that way today. I wrote him a note after he retired. And I said, you failed in one area, Dieter. <laughs> you didn't fix the coffee. Yeah. I don't know what the answer when it expires, but uh, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. All right, we have time for one more question over here. Okay, I'm going to give Lee a break and shift over to Pete. I was wondering if you could Good. give us more information about Project X. I would, I would love to. But you're not going to. I would, I would love to. It's just it's not ready yet. It's, it's a few months away from being ready, and I really don't want to talk about it until it's... It's going to make it possible to go in the lakes, probably. <laughs> I'll say this. All the problems with Disney. I will, this, this, this much I will say about Project X. You're going to want an iPhone. You're so when you go home, you all have to private message Nikki Bell. <laughs> You're going to want an iPhone. Trust me. That much I will tell you. One per family? One per person. One per person. Start loading, them, loading up the prize Matron with iPhones. Okay. John, you heard them. <laughs> Your public has spoken. <laughs> All right, folks, that's actually going to do it. For, for this episode, what, John? Oh, actually, one. that's right. We do have one little announcement to uh, make. We have a couple, a few things we want to say before we leave. First of all, if you're going to rebook, you must rebook. Rebook on the ship. Make sure you get your paperwork to Tracy. If you have your paperwork, Tracy's right here, and right. she's willing to accept it from you here and now. She's the one with all the paper cuts. So look for Tracy. Um, we want to let people know that uh, we're having our farewell party tonight. What's the information on the part? That's the one in the middle. That's the one in the middle. Make sure you wear your IDs when you come up, because we're going to give out drink coupons again. Except to you guys up there. (laughs) The crazy ones up there. And that's it. Wait, there's I one would more. say remember the word he said, rebook. The key word in there is book. Rebook. <laughs> and remember at 11.30, Lee Cockrell is going to be giving a presentation right here. You do not want to miss it. This has been such a great experience. Oh, oh, come on now. At 1 o'clock, there will be a group photo in the lobby. Right. So be there. Okay. Anything else? Or be square. Anything else we promise to be on time? I'm going to go work on the website now. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) The website and the coffee. Our thanks thanks to Lee Cockrell for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming on the cruise with us. Thank you. Take care. That's going to do it for this episode of the Jizz Unplugged. We'll be back with you again next week.